हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा 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 हरे हरे कृष्णा कृष्णा हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे प्रभुपाद 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 जय जय प्रभुपाद How many of you come every Sunday? Raise your hand. There's one. Only one person comes every Sunday. Hare Krishna. I'm afraid to say Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa because everyone will bow down and there's not enough room. <laughs> but anyway, we'll just say all glories to Sisi Gonetai, all glories to Sisi Radhabalava, all glories to Jagannath Baldev, Subhadra Devi, all glories to Srila Prabhupada, all glories to the devotees, the followers of Srila Prabhupada, all. Um, yes, we are very fortunate to be here. Uh, and today is a, a very special day. We won't have a, a regular Bhagavatam class today. Um, because today is the appearance, disappearance day of Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur and also Sri Gadadha Pandit. Now, raise your hand if you're familiar with Bhakti Vinod Thakur already. Okay, raise your hand if you're familiar with Gadadha Pandit already. Okay. So who will give the class then, since you all... <laughs> Now, I, I, also, I also had a different plan, too, to read a, a short pastime of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's when he was traveling in South India. Now, whether I'll be able to do everything all at once, I think, I don't think I'll be able to do it. But first, I'd like to say a little bit of, about Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I've heard Srila Prabhupada say it is our duty to glorify these great souls on their appearance or disappearance day in Vaishnava circles we we say that the appearance and disappearance of a great soul is the, is the same um, we compare it to the the rising and setting of the sun 
because these great personalities are always present. In any case, and but yet there's a, a very big difference between the appearance day and the disappearance day. We see this from our own experience of of the appearance day and disappearance day of Srila Prabhupada, because on one day, on the Prabhupada's appearance day, we are very joyous, and on Prabhupada's disappearance day, we, I could say myself, we sort of dread that day, because we have to think of Prabhupada's leaving this world. But yet, both bring different different types of happiness because both and both we end up glorifying this um, the great personalities in that case Srila Prabhupada so before we begin let me just offer some prayers Om Agyana Tamilandasya Jana Jana Salakaya Chaksusamilatanjena Tasmai Sri Gurave Sri Chaitanya Manavistam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Sapandatikam Manchakopatrubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyevacha Patitanam Pabhinebhyo Paisnavebhyo Namonama Um, I'll first say a, just a few words about Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Um, there are so many well-known pastimes of his, and there's so much written about him. Um, but one interesting fact is that um, although he is an eternal associate of the Lord, he's accepted as such by Srila Bhakti Sananta Saraswati Thakur, by Srila Prabhupada, Uh, eternal associate means he lives always with Krishna in the spiritual world, but then comes to this world for a specific purpose. And that purpose was really to re restart the movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because Mahaprabhu had come 500 years ago, and, and, and Vaishnavism, or the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, did not have a good reputation because of their improper activities. Um, they were so-called followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself was so strict in his, in his behavior, and his followers were so strict, so renounced. They had taken shelter of the holy name so completely, they were experiencing such happiness. Can you imagine that I heard just this morning I heard Prabhupada in a in a lecture, he was speaking about the happiness of of a devotee who has taken shelter of the holy names. And he gave the example of Srila Rupa Goswami, who was the and he and his brother were the more or less the prime minister of and and the treasurer perhaps in the government of Nawab Hussein Shah who was who during that time he was he was historically an extremely powerful ruler and his whole history is known and they were his his um he was a, a warrior, a conqueror, 
etc. And um, and they were his the prime administrators. And they had so much power, they had so much wealth, they had so much fame, they had so much influence. And they gave it up like that, tuchavat, as if it was insignificant, because they were so captivated by the gift of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They were so captivated by the mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They were so captivated by the ecstasy of Krishna consciousness that they thought these material positions, the material wealth, tuchavat means insignificant. And as Prabhupada said when I heard him speaking about it this morning, what, he said, they were thinking, what am I doing, doing this nonsense? Just playing with the material energy, playing in the playground of the material energy, like a child playing in a playground, imagining something is important or imagining something is not important, fighting with the other children in the playground. Do you ever fight with the children in the playground? That means you're not sure. What does this mean? This means yes, this means no. And what does this mean though? Sometimes, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I learned something today in class. Alice. <laughs> um, but do you, do you, if you have a little argument with one of your friends in the playground, do you forget about it quite quickly? Or, or do you remember it for a long time? Oh, you do remember it? Okay. You should forget it. <laughs> because it's not very important. Huh? The day after? Do you forget it the day after? Yeah, the day after it happens, you forget about it. Very good. Why do you forget about it the day after? That's a difficult question, maybe. But because it's not very important, because you go on with your life, and there are more important things to do with your life than just think about something that happened yesterday that wasn't so important. So the Goswamis, Rupa Goswami, they and the other Goswamis, they were so wealthy, and so powerful, so influential, and they gave up that to live almost externally appeared like beggars making sure they carried no wealth with them or had any wealth making sure that they um, they were, didn't have any material security even for the purpose of just depending on Krishna and tasting the sweetness of of Krishna consciousness, of chanting Krishna's names. Prabhupada was speaking about the sweetness of chanting Krishna's names. Just being immersed in association with Krishna by chanting his names. And they knew Janmai Shwaya Sutasri Bhira Damanamana Pumam. 
na eva arhati abhidatum by tamakin shinagodzura. That Krishna, he reciprocates with everyone and, um, and with everyone according to how they want to deal with him. And if we, uh, want, if we are holding on to material things very tightly as if they're going to protect us or save us or, or as if they're very important, and on the other hand, trying to hold on to him, well, can you hold, what can I hold on to when I'm holding on to, can I really hold on to something else if I'm holding tightly to this? Very difficult. We try, maybe, <laughs> because we're not really sure that Krishna is going to take care of us. But what do we hold on to? Things that we're actually sure that won't take care of us ultimately. But in any case, that's not what I wanted to speak about exactly, but it's true. And then Prabhupada gave a contrary example, that these people were, they lived in ecstasy with nothing, practically speaking, and it was so influential, in fact, that at that time there was Maharaj Akbar, and he would call Jiva Goswami into his court, and and get advice from him and, and help and ask how do I resolve this and how do I resolve that. It was so influential, but they didn't have anything externally, but their, their, their wealth that they guarded so carefully was their, their spiritual life, their love for Krishna, their service and love for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that they protected just as all of us naturally protect our material wealth and our bank balances and our this and that and we have so many alarms on the doors and our cars have alarms and this and that because we want to protect it and we're fearful. That's why we want to protect it. But these souls, they had no fear but they wanted for their material things but they were so careful about protecting their spiritual wealth because they saw that as a real, the real asset of life. And, and there's no taxes either. And then he gave a contrary example to one politician that in, in Bengal, um, who was a member of the Congress party before Indian independence and during the time when Srila Prabhupada was growing up, a person who was named C.R. Das, who was such a, such, a, um, such a powerful lawyer during the British time. And he was earning so much money and everything, but he was a member of, of, of the Congress party. And at that time, the Congress party under Gandhi and, and whoever else was there, he was one of the leaders. Um, they had a, a policy of non-cooperation with the British government, in, especially in the court of law. This is what Prabhupada was saying. And in the court of law, they were saying that the, the, the Indian people couldn't get proper justice anyway, so why should we come? Why should we show up? So they decided to non-cooperate, and he was a member of that, so wealthy, so influential, um, contributing all his money to the cause, earning so much, so much, so much, um, 
every month so much. So because he had to surrender to that because he was one of the leaders. So he had to stop his law profession. So he went from earning, um, the Prabhupada gave the figure, but I can't, can't remember the amount, but it was like practically speaking hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. He went from earning $100,000 a month to nothing. And they had to give him 500 rupees a month for his maintenance. So he went from this powerful position to practically being a beggar. And it was, it was so difficult for him because he was very charitable. And anyone who came to him for any charity who needed help, he had always previously given and given, given, given. And then he was getting 500 rupees a month. And Prabhupada said, contrasting it to the Goswamis, he died within a year. He died within a year. Because the pleasure that he was getting from his position was gone. But on the other hand, the Goswamis, they, um, they lived a life that was ecstatic. Although externally they appeared to be beggars, externally they didn't have any foundation to, to stand on. And it, just imagine walking without a foundation to stand on. You can't walk. It's <coughs> so externally they had nothing, but internally they had everything. They had the greatest wealth. So the the purity of, of, of Mahaprabhu's movement had been lost and Bhaktivinoda Thakur came and he was on one hand he was a very powerful in the material world influential person and on the other hand he was a devotee of great character on one hand he, he, he wasn't externally a renunciant of this world and he was a person whose character he was the district mag magistrate of, of, of different areas and that in India that meant practically that you were the governor of that area and whatever you said was the law and however you decided things was the, was the conclusion so on one hand he was in the world, showing that Vaishnavas aren't penniless beggars of low character, as was seemed to be happening at that time, against the actual lives and teachings of, of, of Mahaprabhu and his followers. And yet he was in the world, powerful, performing his services, and having the highest character and at the same time a devotee but not only an ordinary devotee like uh, but he was always internally involved in Krishna's pastimes so exalted and so advanced and interestingly very interestingly when he was young, he was very philosophical. His education 
was both in um, Bengali. He spoke so many languages, Orissa and English. He, he really loved his English literature. He studied that very carefully. He was a searcher for the truth. He found great, um, great direction when he was young, not in Vaishnavism, not in Krishna consciousness even, but in Christianity. He, he loved he loved the life of Lord Jesus, how he was given, he, had, he was a servant of, of the Lord and was renunciant and he, he loved the teachings of compassion. And he studied even the Quran, he studied philosophy. He was really searching externally and then at some point in his life he found the Chaitanya Charitamrita. He found Mahaprabhu. Or we could say he rejoined with Mahaprabhu. And then his whole life, he understood the gift of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he understood the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam Pramanam Mamalam. And he studied Chaitanya Charitamrita, the Chaitanya Bhagavat. He studied, he studied so carefully the whole Bhagavatam. And he did so many wonderful things um, while still and wrote so many literatures and, and song books. He wrote four different song books and, and um, one Sharanagati, Gitavali, Gitamala, and Kalyana Kalpatu. They're all quite different. They're all, they're very, very wonderful. And they were really outpourings of his heart in Krishna consciousness. And he also wrote one song and see if I can get this contraption to work. Now th there's a lot of, um, or oh, it's actually a, not a song, it's, a, um, it's a, a, a little essay, but it's very short. And there's a lot of Sanskrit in it. He wrote it in but I'm not going to read the Sanskrit verses. This is what he says. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who is an ocean of transcendental rasa, of limitless transcendental rasa, which means that in this material world, it is, it is basically dry, and we're looking, for, we're looking for nourishment and water. But it is like a desert. But can one drop of water or a spoonful of water or, or a cupful of water solve the problems of the waterless desert? No, one needs an ocean of water. So he's comparing Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, an ocean of limitless transcendental rasa, which means an ocean that has no limit of spiritual sweetness. This is the experience of someone who is actually tasting that ocean. It is limitless. Anandambu divardhanam. And he, he, he continues, is the embodiment of nectarian mellows. He himself is tasting. Mahaprabhu himself 
is tasting, not only tasting himself, but distributing and teaching how we can also taste and experience transcendental rasa. Who is the ambrosia, the nectar-producing moon, attracting the chakura, the chakura bird minds of the Bengali devotees of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, who is the dear son of Mother Sachi. One day he showed his mercy to all created beings. One day he gave his mercy to all beings by giving the following command to Sriman Nityananda Prabhu and Haridas Thakur as recorded in the Chaitanya Bhagavata. Shuno, Shuno, Nityananda, Shuno, Haridasa, Savatra, Mai, Agya, Koroho, Prakash, Prati, Gare, Gare, Gya, Koro, E, You go from place to place. You go from place to place. I'm giving you this order. You go from place to place begging. Because there were so many beggars. There's always so many beggars. But this is what I want you to beg. In every door, Garay Garay, from every house, you go and beg. Bolo Krishna, chant Krishna's name. Bajai Krishna. You worship Krishna, Koro Krishna, and you take Krishna's instructions. You say that. Please chant Krishna's name. You worship Krishna and teach others to follow Krishna's instruction. Do not speak or cause anyone to speak anyone other than anything other than this. So he's saying that Mahaprabhu gave this order to, to show compassion to the world. In order to carry out this command, Prabhu Nityananda and Thakur Haridas took the help of other devotees and they went from house to house preaching the glories of Krishna's holy names. In the, this is Bhakti Vinod's essay. In the series of statements, Bolo Krishna, Bajal Krishna, Kodo Krishna, Sika. There are three different commands. The meaning of the command, Bolo Krishna, is all jivas, all souls, always chant the name of Krishna. The meaning of Bajo Krishna, so it's in a, more of an, a command, is Hey Jiva, all spirit souls, cause the flower of the holy name to blossom into the expanding petals of Krishna's form, his qualities, and lila. He compares the holy name to a flower that has different petals and allow the holy name to blossom, to expand from a bud into the different petals, not just chanting, but also allow it to expand in your heart to Krishna's, because the holy name is not different from Krishna. Chant in such a way that Krishna's form is there. Chant in such a way that Krishna's qualities are there and his pastimes. And thus, you will enjoy the flower-like 
holy name of Krishna. The, the meaning of the, so he's explaining, giving a purport in his own very sweet way of the simple, the order that Mahaprabhu gave to Nityananda and Haridas and other devotees who helped them. The meaning of, this is the third command. First one is what? Second one? Worship Krishna. The meaning of the command Koro Krishna Sika is all devotees of Krishna become endowed with the knowledge of Sambandha Abhideya Prayojana means become filled and understand the knowledge of our relationship with Krishna, what the goal of Krishna consciousness is, and the process of attaining that goal. And then relish the supreme relationship with Krishna, which is the honey nectar of that name flower. If you understand these things, you will be, that the name will balance, will blossom. And in this chapter, we will give an explanation to some extent of the first command, Bolo Krishna. And in later chapters, perhaps this is from, maybe it's from, I'm not sure whether the whole, if this is a chapter maybe from Chaitanya Sikshamrita or something. So he's going to explain mostly, always chant the name of Krishna. In this chapter we will give an explanation to some extent of the first command. Later in other chapters I will endeavor, I will try to give specific explanations of the second and third command. So Mahaprabhu's order is simply this that everyone should, without stopping, chant Harinam, the name of Krishna. Because our minds are always working. They're always going on and on and on and on and on about this, about what happened yesterday, what hap will happen tomorrow, and this person said this to me, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that tomorrow, and on and on and on and on and on. And, f and 50 years ago, this happened to me, and I'm and I'm and, and that person, what that person said to me so long ago, it's still in my heart. And in the future, this and that, and this and that. Um, and this, basically, I was going to say, it dri our minds drive us crazy. But, but this is the symptom of the craziness of the mind, why we're not happy in this world. Do you, do you know that the, that, um, that the mind is a reflection of the spiritual world? Our mind is a reflection of the spiritual world, and in this reflection that is upside down, we are the center? And in the spiritual world, in Goloka Vrindavan, Krishna is the center? And because Krishna, Bhule Sejiv, because we turn our back on Krishna and our relationship with Krishna, so Krishna so kindly gives us an illusory universe in which we are the center because that's what we wanted. And that illusory universe is called our mind. <laughs> and we live in this illusory universe where we're imagining 
how the, 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 the real universe should cooperate with our illusory illusion that we are the center. I will say that again, because it's so peculiar and so insane. We get frustrated because the real universe doesn't cooperate with the illusory universe that we are the center. So, no wonder there's so much conflict and difficulty in the world. Because here, say there's, I don't know how many devotees are here, but say if there's, how many devotees are in the room, do you think? Okay, say if there's 150 people, and we all have our illusory universes. I mean, not, this doesn't, not about devotees, of course, because for devotees, Krishna is in the center, and Krishna's pleasure is in the center. So we all have our plans how the universe should cooperate with us, but each and every one of us is thinking the universe should cooperate with me, not you. So even with 150 people thinking that I'm the center, not you, and each and every one of them is thinking that there's going to be so much conflict and so much distress and so much frustration and so much anger because the universe, the business of the universe is simply not to cooperate with our plan. It's to cooperate with Krishna's plan. So therefore, an explanation of Mahaprabhu's first order is that everyone should without stop chant Harinam, incessantly chant Krishna's name. The meaning of this command, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, is not that people should always chant the name while completely stopping from their bodily activities, their household duties, and dealing with others. So not that you sit alone and just chant and stop everything else. Because what the mind does is that when we hear that only Krishna consciousness is important, when we hear that how important Krishna consciousness is and how the material world is temporary and it's useless and it's a cause of suffering, Dukalayama, Sasvatam, when we hear that, we then we become discouraged in our Krishna consciousness knowing that there's no way we can give up our material life and our material duties and our material activities, etc., etc. So to think that it's either all or nothing, um, that is actually the path of Jnana Yoga, not the path of Bhakti Yoga. So, So the meaning of this command to always chant Hare Krishna is not to stop the, our bodily activities, our household duties, and our dealings with others. By ceasing all actions of bodily maintenance, the body will be destroyed in a short while. In the context of this command then, how should one engage in Hare Nam? Since the Lord gave humanity the command to, to incessantly take the holy name, then the true meaning is that everyone, whether Grihasta or Sannyasi, Vanaprastha or Brahmachari, Brahmana or Chatriya, Vaishya or Sudra, Lobon, Malecha, so forth, whatever we are, whoever we are, whoever we are, whatever we are, all people should remain in their respective situations, 
and chant the holy names of Krishna. Truly, this is the only meaning. It is necessary to nicely remain in one's own natural situation because that position facilitates, it makes easy the proper performance of one's activities for bodily maintenance and thus the body will not expire, die untimely. And bodily maintenance requires dealing, requires dealing with others. It is essential that all actions be observed in a pure and undisturbed fashion. Then all these things will be conducted very nicely. So when Nityananda Prabhu was preaching the first command of Mahaprabhu, he spoke in the following way. And there's a quotation from Chaitanya Bhagavat. Nityananda and Haridas repeated the Lord's command by calling out to everyone, chant Krishna, worship Krishna, and accept Krishna's holy name from others. Krishna is your mother. Krishna is your father, and Krishna is the treasure of your life's breath. Chant Krishna's names like a baby crying for mother. But don't disturb everyone else's chanting and all that answer. Krishna has come to this world. He's the treasure of your life's breath. What do you think that means? He is the treasure of your life's breath. What do you think that means? What do you think that means? Yes, thank you. Otherwise, I'd have to, you know. Your life's breath is like the most valuable and you should be putting it to crystal. It is the real wealth, thank you. It is the real wealth, the thing that you can gain the most from your breathing, from your life, because without breathing we don't stay alive. And the breath is used to make a sound. Without breathing you cannot speak or make sounds. The sound comes out by the vibration of the vocal cords from the lungs or from the diaphragm. So the, the real gain from the breath, from the life, is to be able to chant Krishna's holy name, Vasudeva Nachintae. that it is the greatest loss, the greatest illusion, the greatest waste. <laughs> one moment, this is from the Vishnu Purana, one moment without remembering the Lord is such a loss. It is such an illusion. So this is a very high standard, but this is what will make the, the holy name blossom into the form and qualities in pastimes. So Krishna has incarnated just for your benefit. So please worship this. This is what Nityananda Prabhu and Haridas repeated to everyone. So worship merciful Krishna and give up all sinful activities. Now, if you 
just went around in, in the streets on Swanston Street and proclaimed this to everyone, no one would be very happy, especially to hear that they should give up sinful activities because they'll say, what sinful activities to you is, another, is not sinful to another, and they give you some postmodern, deconstructed sense of everyone has their own, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, what's true and what's not true, and what's real and what's not re real. Because this is the contemporary philosophy of the world that it's up to every individual, and if you, if you don't, and everyone has to make their, their own decision about what's true and what's good and what's not good and what's false. And if you don't believe me, just go, just go on to any um, internet forum, even and my what I used to look at, not anymore, for because of one reason or another, is about cameras, and. Even on an internet forum discussing cameras and camera lenses, it always ends with a fight. <laughs> and, but not only, oh, I don't think that's true, this might be, this is another way to live. They end up cursing each other and calling each other fools and crazy, really angry fighting over camera lenses. You know, what to speak about politics and religion and, and things that have some meaning in people's lives over camera lenses, because everyone, everyone, and that's what the internet does, it democratizes, everyone's opinion is equal, and, and, and it always ends up in fighting in that way, arguing, quarreling, and viciously over camera lenses. What to speak of? Oh no. My computer has just informed me that I'm not connected. <laughs> and then it tells me, the web just isn't the same without you. Let's get you back online. <laughs> Thank you, Pooh. <laughs> it's just what I needed. <laughs> Go away. Ah, Bhaktivinotakwa. So, Lord Krishna's name is, is truly the treasure of your life. All of you, all of you, please, deliberately, with consciousness, incessantly, chant Krishna's names without stop. Thus, living thus absorbed, the other things of concern, the other thing of, of concern is to see that no sinful behavior contaminates your actions of bodily or household maintenance. The meaning of the word anachar is asadachar, or activities of impious nature. So remember, Vaishnavism in this day was contaminated. People's idea of devotees, of followers of Mahaprabhu, were people who were acting in sinful ways under, and improper ways under the, under the guise of Vaishnavism. Aware devotees, we can dance with the wives of others in the middle of the night, and, like Krishna did it, and, and taking intoxicants and this and that. And 
So Bhaktivinoda Thakur took it upon himself with his perfect character to change the opinion of the whole society <gasps> about the quality of Gaudiya Vaishnavism because again, the actual Mahaprabhu himself was so strict in his dealings and so pure and the followers of Mahaprabhu, those early followers of Mahaprabhu, they were so pure. Everyone loved them so much. Sanatana Goswami, as described in Bhakti Ratnakara, he used to travel, walk from one, he would go to one village. And as he was walking to that village, all the people from that village would come out. Bada Baba is coming. He's coming, he's coming. And they would all come out and greet him and they would walk him to the village, the center, and they would talk to him and they would, try, and they would feed him and they would, and they would, they would, and he would say to them, how is your family doing and how, and how are your, and how are your, how's, how's your prosperity and oh, we have this problem, Baba with this and this, just bring them and he'd solve everyone's problems and, and all, and he would just be chanting and serving and telling everyone to chant and living by such a pure, productive example. Well, he himself wanted nothing from others. Where will you sit? Jotabai? Kaha? Okay, the chair has come to you. <laughs> and then it would spend, and they knew he would only spend one night in one place. So detached. And just imagine how little you would have to carry with you when you were, because you had to carry it yourself. So he would, and then he would, the next morning they would, they would say, oh, oh, Baba, we know that you only spend one night in one place, but maybe you could just this time just spend one more day here. Don't worry, it's okay. And he would walk out of the village and everyone would follow him from a distance. And he'd say, no, no, you go back. You have. And then he would walk, walk, and then then people in the next village would say, oh, Bhattabhava is coming. And they'd all come out. And, and, they, and this way he would pass this, he would just, just such a satisfying, pure personality. And everyone wanted to be in his presence. And in his presence, there were no problems. He would solve them. And Srila Prabhupada was like that too. You, you, you walk into his room and you'd have so many issues and problems and confusions going in your mind. And then he'd say, so, everything is all right? <laughs> yes, Prabhupada. <laughs> Because in his presence, everything came into its proper perspective when your consciousness was actually in his presence. 
because it was possible to be in his physical presence and your consciousness was somewhere else and that was very difficult. Very difficult because it's being in the presence of the sun and, and your eyes are closed and you can't see anything and, it's, and you know that the sun is there and if you just had your eyes open you'd see everything but without... <laughs> that was very difficult. And Maya is very powerful too. So you enter his, the bubble of his association and everything was all right. And then you leave the bubble of his association, your own mind would descend sort of and, and take over again. So the idea was to keep always, always, always in the service of the of Prabhupada, of the holy names, and not leave that association. Which was sort of, that, that comes right into the, the pastime I wanted to actually read from Chaitanya Charitamrita, which before I found out it was Bhaktivinoda Thakur's disappearance day and Gadada Pandit's disappearance day, and it, I don't even, it doesn't seem like I'm going to get to even Gadada Pandit, what to speak of. Let's see if we can finish this. So he said, keep your, keep, keep, live a pure life. Protect your consciousness in that way. And he, then he quotes from um, his dealings with Nityananda Prabhu and Mahaprabhu's dealings with um, with Jagai and Madai. Embark upon, embarking on the path of Dharma, be, act properly. Chant the holy name of Lord Hari, then you will also deliver others. Now please go and call as many thieves and criminals that you can, gathering them together Cause them to similarly adhere to the path of Dharma. Nityananda Prabhu said, Hey Vipra to Jagai just give up the path of irreligiosity, a Dharma, once and for all. Do not perform any further sinful activities. However, by renouncing a Dharma alone, you should not live carelessly, but rather make a positive endeavor to accept the path of Dharma and the principles of Dharma described in the Bhagavatam. And then there's a whole long list of how, what Dharma is, how to um, live simplicity, satisfaction, celibacy, renunciation, mental restraint. This is from the Bhagavatam. Um, yeah, the, and there's many, rendering service, offering worship, offering prayers, becoming a servant, abstinence of useless topics of conversation, searching for the true self as different from the material body. So you live like this. For the purpose of passing your lives nicely, please desire to engage in these activities that constitute the principles of Dharma. Just behave honestly in this way. But at the same time, without stopping, incessantly, without stopping, Remain absorbed 
in chanting Krishna's holy names. This is my only advice to you. This is what he told them. We just arrived at the end of of this of this um, chapter or or little essay called Sri Sri Godruma Chandrer Agya, the order of the divine command of Godruma Chandra, which is Mahaprabhu. Now, I, there's so much to talk about there. Um, I could ask for questions, but I. But I have, I guess I had three classes to give, and there's only one class. Um, let me just say a little bit about Sri Gadadha Pandit. He had, he was um, a descent of Mahap during Mahaprabhu's time. Of, a, of the mood of Srimati Radharani, of always trying to please Krishna. Sri Gadadhar Das was the effulgence of, of Srimati Radharani, and Gadadhar Pandit was more Radharani herself. Um, just had this whole long, wonderful part. to read, but I won't. I'll just read a little bit that's specifically about Gadadha Pandit. Prabhu, if you would leave the door open somehow, then a little air would enter. When Mahaprabhu first decided to go to Vrindavan, uh, or second time he decided to go to Vrindavan, first time after he took sannyas. Um, the this is quite soon after he returned from two years of traveling in South India. And, and the devotees, they couldn't tolerate the thought that he was going to leave. So we know that that love means you give up your own interests for the pleasure of the beloved. You give up what you want for, to please someone else that you love. But the devotees, they could not think in that way. When it came to Mahaprabhu's desire to go to Vrindavan, they were so attached to him, they couldn't intellectually think, oh, now it's your now, now you want to go, so we should give up our pleasure just for your pleasure. We want to be with you, but what you want is more important to us. They just couldn't think like this. And these are not ordinary people. This is the king of Arissa. This is Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, who was the top pundit, the top scholar, practically in all of India, who was living in Jagannath Puri. They, they weren't ordinary people, and they had given their lives to Mahaprabhu to such a degree. They couldn't tolerate him leaving. These are historical people. And Ramananda Roy, who was the governor of, of um, in, in, under Pratapurujamaraj in the south, they couldn't tolerate it. So they, so Mahaprabhu said, I want to go to Vrindavan. So they said, <clears throat> yes, you should go, 
But now it's very cold in Vrindavan, so why don't you just wait till it's warm, a little warmer. <coughs> and then when it became warmer, they said, <coughs> it's so hot in Vrindavan. <laughs> it would be so inconvenient for you to go. Just wait a little while. And anyway, Rathiatra is coming up. So you should come and you stay and see Rathiatra. And then when Rathiatra came, oh, now it's rainy season in Vrindavan. You just wait a little bit longer. And for, in this way, for two years, for two years, they acted in this way. So sometimes, Sometimes when, when one's love is so strong as these great exalted personalities in the material realm and the spiritual realm, not ordinary people, they had so much love for Mahaprabhu, they, they just had to act in that way. It was spontaneous, it was natural, it was beyond their control. So after two years, like this. What are you thinking while I'm turning the pages? Are you chanting incessantly the holy names? After, after two years, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to go to Vrindavan. But he could not leave Jagannath Puri because of Ramananda Roy's tricks. Ramananda Roy, Savabhoma Bhattacharya, and the king. So it's also so interesting that the power of their love was so great, and Mahaprabhu was so exemplary that he would ask their permission. He so surrendered to his devotees because his devotees give their hearts to him. They give up everything for him. They love him so much that he, he would always obey, not go against the desires of his devotees. So here is a, a paradox that he wants to go to Vrindavan and they don't want him to go. So, so for two years, he didn't go. So Srila Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami says he could not leave Jagannath Puri because of Ramananda Roy's tricks. But during the fifth year, which is the third year where they were, quote, tricking him, the devotees from Bengal came to see the Rathiyatra festival, and after seeing it, they did not stay but returned to Bengal. Then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu placed a proposal before Savabhoma Bhattacharya and Ramananda Roy. He embraced them and spoke sweet words. He said, my desire to go to Vrindavan has very much increased. But because of your tricks, I have not been able to go there for the past two years. But this time, I must go. Will you please give me permission? Save for you too, other than you too. I have no ability to go unless you give me permission. In Bengal, I have two shelters, my mother and the river Ganga. Both of them are very merciful. And I shall go to Vrindavan through Bengal, and I shall see both my mother and the river Ganga. Now, would you 
to be pleased to give me permission? When Savabhumabhattacharya and Ramananda Roy heard these words, they began to consider it was not good that they had played so many tricks on the Lord. <laughs> and they both said, now the rainy season is here. <laughs> it will be difficult for you to travel. It is better for you to wait for the Vijay Dasami festival before departing for Bengal. But this time, this time they knew they, that was the end. But they still couldn't say, yes, we, have, we haven't done well, you, yes. So, when he, was very when he was very pleased to receive their permission, he waited until the rainy season passed, and when the day of Vijay Dasami arrived, he departed for Bengal, excuse me, for Vrindavan. He didn't ask again. <laughs> the Lord collected whatever remnants of food were left by Lord Jagannath. He also took remnants of the Lord's kadar, kajal ointment, sandalwood and ropes with him. And after taking permission, still he took permission from Lord Jagannath, early in the morning, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu departed. And all the devotees began following him. With great care, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu forbade the Oriya devotees from following him. Then, accompanied by his personal associates, he went to Bhavanipur. So they went, they went and went, then they finally reached Bhuvaneshwar. And after reaching the city of Katak, he saw Gopal, and a Brahmana there named Swapneshwar invited the Lord to take prasadam to eat. Brahmananda Roy invited all the others for their meals, and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu made his resting place in a garden outside the temple. And then Maharaj the king made so many arrangements, and there's such a description of the mercy that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the king um, and there's such a long history behind that, that that I won't even begin to talk about it. But Mahaprabhu was just giving mercy, just giving mercy regardless of who the people were. Just giving mercy, giving mercy. And by the touch of Mahaprabhu, just like if we touch, if iron touches fire, that fire would become so, the iron would become so warm, so hot, be empowered. The, the people would fall into ecstasy. So the king gave so much, he wanted to reciprocate him. Every place where Mahaprabhu stayed, even for a night, he constructed a plaque and said Mahaprabhu stayed here and he would provide these facilities. Upon, and then he brought his, the king brought his Yeah. Kaviraj Goswami says, there's no one as merciful as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu within all the three worlds. Simply by seeing him from a distance, one is overwhelmed with love of Godhead. Now about Gadadha Pandit. So he was going to Vrindavan with Paramananda Puri's 
Subdamada, Jagannanda, Makunda, Govinda, Kasishwar, Haridas Thakur, Vakeshwar Pandit, Gopinathacharya, Damada Pandit, Ramayan, Nandai, and many other devotees accompanied the Lord. I have mentioned only the chief devotees. No one can describe the total number. So, so many devotees who were, these were devotees from Bengal were coming with the Lord. But then, when Gadadha Pandit started to go with the Lord, he was forbidden to come. And he was asked not to give up the vow, because he had taken a vow of Chetra Sanyas not to leave Jagannath Puri. And Mahaprabhu said, you can't come. So, and his mood, Gadadha Pandit was the full, full, full love in the mood of Srimati Radharani. How is he going to take this? Especially when everyone else is going. <laughs> but he had taken a vow not to leave the service of Gopinath. Tota Gopinath. Raise your hand if you've seen Tota Gopinath and Jagannath Puri. He is quite wonderful, isn't he? When he was requested, when Gadara Pandit was requested to return to Jagannath Puri, because he had taken Chetra Sanyas and he was the he was the Pujari, the Savite of Totakopanath, he replied to the Lord, Wherever you are staying is Jagannath Puri. Let my so-called Chetra Sanyas go to hell. I don't care about it. <laughs> When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Gadara Pandit to remain in Jagannath Puri and engage in Gopinath's service, Gadara Pandit replied, One renders service to Gopinath a million times simply by seeing your lotus feet. Mahaprabhu said, If you abandon his service, it will be my fault. It is better that you remain here and render service. That will be my satisfaction. It's my fault then. I'll be the one who, who has done something improper if you leave. Because you're coming to be with me. So if you want to satisfy me, you should return and serve Gopinath in Jagannath Puri. So there's intricacies in these loving dealings. How is this going to be resolved? Gadada Pandit replied, do not worry. All the faults will be on my head. I'll take full responsibility. And don't worry, I won't even go with you. I'll just go alone. <laughs> I shall go to see Sachi Mata, your mother, but I shall not go for your sake. I'm not going because of you. I just want to go to see Sachi Mata. <laughs> so, I shall be responsible for the abandoning of my vow and service to Gopinath. This is the, the movements of, of love are very... In Braj especially, it is said they are crooked like the movements of a snake. You never see a snake going like this. Thus, Gadara Pandit traveled alone. So, Mahaprabhu let him travel. But when they arrived in Katak, Mahaprabhu called him and he went to the Lord's company. 
Kaviraj Goswami says, no one can understand the loving intimacy between Garadha Pandit and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Garadha Pandit gave up his vow and service to Gopinath just as one gives up a piece of straw. Prabhupada's purport. Just to get Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's association, Garadha Pandit gave up his life's vow to engage in Gopinath's service. This kind of loving affection can be understood only by very confidential devotees. Ordinarily, no one can understand its purport. Garadha Pandit's behavior was very pleasing to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's heart. Why? And this really shows or tells why we can't imitate these things because it was coming from the place of pure love and imitation. Oh, Garada Pandit do this and I'll, and I'll, I'll dishonestly make believe that I have the same, I'll give up everything. And, and then a few weeks later, like this and like this. So it was coming from the place of pure love in his heart. And therefore, Mahaprabhu was displayed, excuse me, was so pleased. Nevertheless, Mahaprabhu took his hand and he spoke to him, displaying in Sanskrit, pranaya rosh, anger that is born from love. So everything is there in the spiritual world, all emotions, full variety, anger, pleasure, this, that. Everything is there in the spiritual world. And in the material world, Bhaktivedanta Thakur is saying we shouldn't act like this. But on the spiritual platform, if one is actually on the spiritual platform, then everything is pleasing to Krishna and ecstatic. If it's coming from the place of pure love, that is what the spiritual world is. So he began to explain Pranaya, he began to speak to Gadatha Pandit from the platform of Pranaya Rosh, or love. Pranaya is a very, very high love, right before Mahabhav. He says, Mahaprabhu said too, you have abandoned Gopinath's service. You have broken your vow to live in Puri. All that, all that is now complete. You've done it now. He said it with anger. Because, because Katak is already outside of Pushottam Chetra. All that now is complete. You have come so far. And your wanting to go with me is simply a desire for sense gratification. In this way, you are breaking two religious principles. And because of this, I am very unhappy. If you want my happiness, you return to Nalatsalat, return to Jagannath Puri. You will simply condemn me if you say any more about this matter. Saying this, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got into a boat. Gadada Pandit immediately fainted. He fell down unconscious.
Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ordered Savabhama Bhattacharya to take Gadadha Pandit with him. The Bhattacharya told Gadadha Pandit, Uta Uta, get up. Such are the pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You should know that Lord Krishna himself violated his own promise just to keep the promise of Grandfather Bhishma. Similarly, tolerating separation from you, Savabhoma Bhattacharya said, that it is not easy for Mahaprabhu to be away from you for a moment, but tolerating separation from you Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has protected your vow with great endeavor. In this way, Savabhama Bhattacharya revived Gadadha Pandit, then both of them, very much stricken with grief, returned to Jagannath Puri, Nalaksala. All the devotees would abandon all kinds of duties for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sake, yet, the Lord did not like the devotees giving up their promised duties. All these are the misgivings of loving affairs. And there is a benediction attached to all those who have heard this. Would you like to hear the benediction? Well, then I'll read it. Whoever listens to these incidents gets the shelter of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lotus feet very soon. So see Gadada Pandit ki jai, see Bhaktila Bhaktivinoda Kaur ki jai, see the Prabhupada ki jai. It is no wonder that Prabhupada wanted to to translate, publish, and distribute Chaitanya Charitamrita because it is so full of benedictions and so full of sweetness and so full of instructions. That was two of the classes. No, we'll end here. <laughs> we'll end here. As, as. Thank you, Maharaj, for such a wonderful class. Maharaj, we heard uh, in the class that uh, as soon as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went, and although the Goswamis was really highly elevated devotees of Mahaprabhu, and the Mahaprabhu was Lord himself, still uh, the Gaudiya Vaishnav Panth uh, degraded yes. quite, quite uh, quickly because Bhaktivinoda Thakur came and revived everything. So when we compare that with Srila Prabhupada, we see that Prabhupada was a powerful Acharya and then we see the next generation of Prabhupada and they are very dedicated devotees. Now when slowly that generation is going, so how we can, so what should we, the third or the fourth generation, what should we do or what should we not do so that uh, we can 
we can continue the legacy of Srila Prabhupada for long. Yeah, that's a question that many, many devotees are asking, how to ensure that things go on in a way that will be pleasing to Srila Prabhupada. It's so easy to give an easy answer. And it's so difficult to give a realistic answer because Kali Yuga is so strong and the times change and things have to be adjusted and if when you adjust things it's dangerous because you pull things in the wrong direction so easily. Um, well, from my own realization on that is the secret is in the books, that we should read the books uh, that Srila Prabhupada has translated. Srila Prabhupada's words are so strong sometimes. So strong that we sometimes we might prefer to hear, instead of be, being called a rascal all the time, <laughs> and a fool, and a dog, and a cat, and a pig, we might rather hear someone saying, you're so nice. <laughs> so I think we should listen to Prabhupada's lectures, his room conversations, and we should read his books, not only read his books, but study his books. And, and, um, and, um, and never mind what the world is going to do. Just take care of God, your own consciousness, and then and help others. And Krishna will send people to you, because it's tricky. It is a very tricky balance. Uh, yeah, protect your consciousness, and keep in the association of of good devotees. And any other suggestions? <laughs> That's what, yes. Uh, if the, uh, thank you for, thank you for the very wonderful class, Maharaj. <laughs> uh, my question is that if the very first uh, Ratha Yatra was held by Srila Prabhupada, then how come even in uh, Odisha there was the same Ratha Yatra? No, the, the, the Ratha Yatra has been going on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. But what Srila Prabhupada did was he, and even there were Rathiyatras outside of Jagannath Puri for hundreds of years. Because especially in those days it was so difficult to travel, you had to walk. What Prabhupada did is, he was the first one to start Rathiyatras all over the world outside of India. Thank you, Maharaj. Do you know that Prabhupada came to Rathiyatra in Melbourne? Did you know that? No. Yeah. He walked down the street. What street was it? It was Swanston Street. And he went to Rathiyatras in New York. He went to Rathiyatra in, and he went down Park Avenue, the biggest street in New York City. And the Rathiyatras, and there were hundreds of people there dancing and chanting. And he went to Rathiyatra in San Francisco, London, 
And when he went to Rathiatra in London, he danced and chanted, even though he was so elderly, he danced and chanted, and walked the whole way of the whole procession, which was kilometers. And the night, and two days before, he was ill. And then, and then two days later, he was dancing. He was such an amazing person. And read Prabhupada too. That would be that's another point going back to that and hear about this amazing person. But don't only read the smaller condensed version. Read the. And then there's so many books written about Prabhupada, and there's, there's videos about Prabhupada, and there's books about the videos of Prabhupada, and there's remembrances of Prabhupada, and there's, and there's, yeah, so keep in touch with that person. Do you have any other questions? That was a real good one. No. No. Do you feel happy today? Yes. What now, without looking, what color are Jagannath Baladev, Subhadra Devi, Gornit? No, don't, don't, don't look. <laughs> I have to look. <laughs> what color were they wearing? I and think pink. And Radha huh? Pink. Okay, now look. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Who looks most beautiful to you today? Normally Jagannath. Who has the biggest smile? Jagannath. Yeah. If you're sad, all you have to do is stand in front of Jagannath, Baladeva, and Subhadra Devi. And I think if you stand in front of them, it's not possible to be sad. What do you think? What do you think? Any other question? Comment? Did you just raise your hand? Jai Sachi, would you like to say something? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare very, Krishna. very nice class. Thanks for your association. You have a smile just like theirs, because you're sitting over there, I think. Actually, I was thinking, you know, the deities are a... Srila uh, Prabhupada installed them. It is a expansion of whatever is in his heart. And Jagannath uh, Baldev Subhadda is so happy because Srila Prabhupada is so happy, you know. And, mm. uh, that was just, I was thinking about it as you were saying that. So that's what a nice thought. And that, interestingly enough, that's what Prabhupada was speaking about this morning that I, I heard him speak about how to be always happy. And, and he was talking about being on that high level of Krishna consciousness, of always chanting Krishna's names, getting happiness from the taste of Krishna's names. And then if sometimes we feel unhappy, that's Krishna telling us that we're not chanting enough or properly, we can look at it like that, and then we should go and 
si Jagannath Baladev Subhadra Devi and si si Gonatai and si si Radhavalava and Srila Prabhupada. A nice thought. Yeah. You also mentioned earlier in the class that the Goswamis left all the material stuff and they had basically nothing material uh, yet they were the happiest of and it's the same thing because they had Krishna in their heart. And also, and also, although we don't like to think of it in this way, material attachments actually cause us so much fear and anxiety. So to be re detached is actually a more peaceful way. Um, so how to be, and that's what Bhaktivinoda was talking about there, and that's what the, the third class that I was going to give was real, it was about that the if we chant here Bhagavatam Bhagavad Gita and and preach and help others Mahaprabhu that's what he told the Brahmana named Koma and then the the leopard, previous leper named Vasudev then you'll you'll be humble always not even proud of your good fortune and you'll also be always happy. The material tribulations will not touch you. And you will always be in Mahaprabhu's association if you, on his order, do these things. Just like you said. Any questions from this side? Yes. Hi, what's your name? Is Sivya. What does Sivya mean? Do you know in English? Mm -hmm. Wow. Hare Krishna. I am 11 years old. Um, Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for the nice class. Maharaj, you mentioned how to other Goswamis who were governors in the court of Nabab Hussain Shah, they left their positions. And you said that in that time the governors, whatever they said was the law. So I'd like to ask, why did the Goswamis leave their position when they could have said in their, pos in their governor position that everybody should chant the holy names of the Lord? <laughs> well, there was one problem. See, they were the ministers for the government. And the governor was a Muslim. So he wouldn't have liked that very much. <laughs> That's one thing. And, and he wasn't the governor, he was the king. And they weren't the governors, they were his ministers. The ministers have to act in a particular realm of activities. And when I said that whatever they said was law, I was talking about the district magistrate, the Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he was the district magistrate, which means of a small area being the governor, basically. So when you're a prime minister, or you have a particular portfolio in the government, you have to stay within the realm of your responsibility. Like if you have, you have you, how many teachers do you have in your school, in your class? In your um, we have like 11 teachers. Yeah. So one of them teaches math, one teaches science maybe, one teaches geography. 
So if the teacher of math starts telling you about what you, that you should chant Hare Krishna, um, it, it won't work very well, even though they really should. <laughs> and also the other part of it is that Mahaprabhu wanted them to, to, he had a different service for them to perform. Such an important service. And, and there's even more, because the king was going very soon, he was going to fight with Maharaj Prataparudra. Because there's history involved. Maharaj Prataparudra was in south, there was a border dispute with the king of Vijayanagar. And while Prataparudra and his armies were in the south, Nabhu Hussain Shah decided this is a perfect time to attack from the north. So he was going to attack him with his armies and fight and he wanted Sanatana Goswami to manage the kingdom for him. So he was going to attack the kingdom of Lord Jagannath and Sanatana Goswami didn't want to have anything to do with that. Is that okay? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Ki Sylvia, where did you get such a nice name?